Friday. It's footy and frothy's Daggy and Barney here with you, as always, to talk about everything going on in rugby league. Uh, apparently there's a big game this week. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, David? <laughs> Sunday night. Apparently something happened. Yeah, good, Sorry, mate. Good, been yeah. Caught slightly anywhere by my own podcast here. What's going on? <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, good. I'm well. Yeah, apparently good. got pretty loud at your place at, at it, about 10 o'clock it on did, Sunday yeah. night. It was, um, it, was, it was a good night, actually. It wasn't too bad, so... I imagine it would have been a similar in the garage there. Yeah? The car horn started going. And oh, my God. <laughs> oh, see, I don't understand. Can, can someone explain to me that, um, obviously smarter than me, if by some chance in the next, you know, three decades, the Tigers would win a comp, the last thing I would do <laughs> would walk out the front door, get into my car, and then just decide to do laps of Penrith, yep. beeping the horn nonstop. Like, it, it would be the furthest thing from my mind. So can someone explain to me why this is a thing? Right in. Not Leave me. some feedbacks alone. <laughs> Leave some feedback below on YouTube and uh, through social media. But it was quite loud for for. It actually wasn't. It was worse last year. I will say. Oh really? Uh, okay. But uh, once we got the kids in bed, it wasn't too bad. So, uh, but that all being said, um, they should enjoy it because, as I said to my seven-year-old son, he, you'll probably never experience a feeling like that in rugby league ever again as a fan. If you were a Penrith fan, of course. Uh, to, to witness one of the greatest comebacks, if not the greatest comeback in modern rugby league grand final history. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It was one hell of a performance to get back from where they were. <laughs> Put themselves in all sorts of trouble towards the back end of that game. But yeah. um, said to everyone um, before the thing started that Penrith really needed to stop the Broncos going on a spree of about three tries in a row and <laughs> that seemed to happen mm. and they still managed to find a way out of it, so... They did, and we're going to talk about all of that. Um, how was how was grandfather new at your house? All right. Yeah, no, pretty quiet actually. To be honest, watched um, the first half with the little one, and then watched the second half outside and a couple of drinks, and um, enjoyed the game immensely. Mm. Especially the first half an hour and the well, the entirety of the second half. There was sort of a ten minute period just before half time where things died off a little bit, but um, yeah, seventy minutes of that game was fucking tremendous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It was, um, as, as I've said many times, it's, to me, sport is an entertainment business, and I was entertained. So Absolutely. Cannot complain. Uh, we'll just get run through a few quick news notes, first of all. Uh, I guess starting with, since we last did a show, uh, Caelan Ponga was crowned Dally M medalist this year. Mm. Did you see that coming? I did not. <laughs> I knew he went on a hell of a run towards the back end of the year, and I'm I think the, uh, the the two judges probably swayed it a little bit, to be honest. Um, there's a few extra points there that he seemed to pick up at the back end, the very back end of the season. Newcastle were red hot, and he was a big part of what they were doing. But there was um, some curious games where some people in and around that same sort of position weren't getting points. Yeah. At, at the same time, Kalen was picking up five and six. So, it's, um, yeah, to mine, I, I think they got it slightly wrong. Um, don't get me wrong, I would have had him in, you know, he should have been up in the top couple of players, but I, I, for mine, he wasn't the winner of the Dalian this year. I, I guess all the officers of mass outrage online and everything else, but ultimately, who cares? Then yes. second of all, when you have uh, subjective voted awards based off individual games, Correct. you're never going to all agree. No. So that's why we do our own award. Uh, and we look at the games differently, uh, but we, but I don't get upset about it. You know, well, that's isn't, no, that, isn't exactly. that interesting? I thought it was pretty gripping TV towards the back end there to see it, to see him win it. But um, it, it does me and it does mirror, as I've said, the Hain 09 run. 
Yes, hundred uh, percent mirrors it, yeah. uh, which we'll talk about later when we review the Newcastle season. But uh, it was uh, a phenomenal run. We, I, I think, Dalian judges, and I, I take it in absolute good faith that no one knows anything else apart from what points they put in. Mm. I, I can't imagine there's any other bigger conspiracy. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Yep. Um, but we, in those particular games, we often credit the players that make Kalen look good. Yeah, we went out of way to, you know, well. Particularly Hastings, particularly the back rowers uh, in games like that where obviously Kalen picked up five and six points in those games where we were looking elsewhere. But I'm you know, not upset about it. Uh, it's been the same for years, as um, as Blocker likes to call it, the, the Dally M half of the year because that's basically hmm. the player who wins it every year. Uh, it's those flashy three or four moments of the game that, you know, do change momentum and they look awesome on television and... They just get people starstruck with those few moments when some blokes work these absolute ring out for 75 minutes yeah. and they give him zero or one point for the game. So, whereas, yeah, we, we seem to tend a little bit more towards the physicality and um, some skill areas in the middle of the field rather than the flashy stuff that brings the points. Exactly. Yeah, as I was saying, um, where were we? Dallium. Dallium, yeah. Brief interruption. The top five uh, on the back of Kalen was... Uh, Sean Johnson obviously got pit by a point. Uh, and let this sink in. Scott Drinkwater, 50 points. If he doesn't get suspended, he wins the Dallium medal. Does that sound... Would there be more outrage about that than Caleb I think Ponga? there probably would have been, yeah. There's another one that went on a, a really good tear and was doing some really nice things, setting up tries and that kind of stuff towards the back end of the game. But um, uh, back end of the season. But, yeah, the way they started this year... I. I thought from a consistency and a, an output point of view for the entire entirety of the season, it had to be Payne Haas or Sean Johnson for mine. But mm. and, and as you pointed out, uh, I think when we spoke, to see Payne Haas finish 14 points behind was slightly slightly baffling. Uh, in fact, Fenil Blake beat him for in terms of points, but he did lose points from a suspension. A suspension. Yeah, six points. Uh, Harry Grant, 47 points. And if Harry Grant uh, doesn't get rested around Origin and around <laughs> and in that last round... He goes close to winning as well, and he was far from his best this year, actually. 100%. But I think that's, that tells a story about the entire, uh, the entire season and how so many teams finished clumped together on wins and loss ratio is, is exactly the same. Like You had your two standouts, and then there was about three that were all sort of at the same level, and then another six or seven that were all at the same level. So yeah. they're all beating each other, taking points off each other. Uh, it uh, Sean Johnson win the Players Player Award. It was announced today, and Jareen Baller won the Players Player Rookie of the Year. Okay. Uh, Taruva obviously won the Dallium Rookie of the Year. So, yep. rightly or wrongly, yeah, who cares? Um, internationals were named. International teams were named today for Australia. The Australian squad came out uh, just quickly. Uh, in alphabetical order, Tedesco's the captain, Josh Adekar, Carrigan, Cherry Evans, Cleary, who's under an injury, Cloud, Selwyn Cobo, Collins, Cotter, Tinafa Sulmuali, Flegler, uh, apparently making his Australian debut, which is slightly surprising, uh, Harry Grant, Payne Haas, Val Holmes, uh, Hunt, Martin, Munster, Murray, Staggs, Hammer, Travoyevich, Jake, and uh, Travoyevich, comma, Jake, and uh, Isaiah Toe, Tio. Yo, even. <laughs> uh, any surprises? What you see is what you get there, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's uh, the pretty much speaks for himself, most of those guys. There's a couple there that were probably picked on loyalty, but um, 
it's pretty hard to get yourself out of an Australian jersey once you've got one on your back. So Yeah, and Valen, obviously Valen had a car, had some recent off-field issues that um, I, they got named for. And I saw some outrage today about Dylan Edwards. Again, who cares? Um, but honestly, if you're going to be outraged about a fullback not picking, getting picked, I would have thought Reese Walsh or Caleb Bonga is more deserved outrage. Am I wrong in that? Quite possibly. Um, again, comes down to consistency. Dylan Edwards has done absolutely nothing wrong for the entirety of the season. So you could, couldn't could really argue with him not being picked as well. But, um, yeah, Australian team is generally the... the um, the most attacking, skillful sort of players they try to get in and just find a spot for them. So, yeah, you'd probably agree with you on that one. The interest of fairness, the women's team, the Jillaroos, uh, Taryn Aitken, Kezi Apps, Shaylee Bent, Ali Brigginshaw, Lauren Brown, Jamie Chapman, Kennedy Charrington, Yasmin Clydesdale, Keely Davis, Jess Elliston, Caitlin Johnston, Isabel Kelly, Olivia Kernack, Emma Manzelman, Shannon Mato, Ivania Palite. Julia Robinson, Jessica Sergis, Simiana Tafua, Emma Tonegado, and Tamika Upkin, uh, from what I've seen of the games. Fair enough. I <laughs> can't comment. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd defer to you, mate, because I watched probably about a game and a half, and one of those games was the grand final on the weekend, and mm -hmm. the other half a game would probably be spread over two or three different games that I saw during the year. So. And the uh, Samoa squad is Jesse Arthurs, Desen Arce, Dejan Arce, Gordon Chankum Tong. Makes his international debut. Stephen Crichton, uh, Faye Longo Hunt, Leilua, Lemueli, Spencer Lenu, Helen Lukey, Marzu, Madam, Justin Madam Will makes his debut as well. Terrell May, Oluwapu, Palacia, Junior Bolo, Tango, Tuolangi, Tonomapia, Brian Tuo, and Stefano Otukamano. That's probably some good reward for a few of those younger fellas coming into that side. Mm. So. Uh, it's better than news as far as I can see. Anything else you want to chat about? Let's get into this grand final, hey? As Penrith, 26, defeated Brisbane. Tw uh, just quickly, in the state challenge, 42-22 Souths over Brisbane Tigers. And uh, not Brisbane Tigers, uh, the other Tigers. East Tigers. East Tigers. And uh, NRLW, as you mentioned, 24-18, Newcastle beat the Titans to go back-to-back. -back. How much of that game did you see? Yeah, yeah, watched the, the pretty much every minute of that one. Uh, that was a fantastic game. Very, uh, very similar to the actual uh, the Males grand final where... Um, the, the Titans got out to a... They put on a string of tries there off the, the back rower who was just <laughs> absolutely tearing it apart there for about 10 or 15 minutes. She scored, I think she scored a hat-trick as well. And then um, the uh, the fullback for Newcastle came back and just absolutely killed Tameka. it through the middle of the field. Yeah, to make Upton and it was yep. just creating chances left, right and centre at the back end of the game. And I think if it probably went for another 10 minutes, they would have run away <laughs> and put a bit of a score on them, to be honest. But... Um, yeah, no, it was a very good cut and thrust and back and forth in that one. So, Beauty. And the main event was, yeah, 26-24. Penrith Panthers made it three in a row over the Brisbane Broncos. And as we talked about earlier, one of the greatest comebacks of the modern era. Yeah. One of the best games of football you'll ever see. Absolutely. And uh, you may as well do the stats, man. Probably the best grand final I think I've seen in my life. Uh, four tries for both teams, four out of four conversions from both sides. Penrith... Kicked one out of one penalty attempt. 97% completion for Penrith. Played 71% yeah, for Brisbane. 321 plus running metres and 58 plus post contact metres for the Penrith side. Three line breaks to six. 57 tackle busts to 61. The play the ball speed in this one, not something we've mentioned during the year, but three and a half seconds for both teams. 
Wow. 3.38 and 3.39 for the, you know, and that's good. That's tallied over the entirety of the game. The, the game was played at such a speed for the most of this game. It was ridiculous to see how that, and it was, fatigue was what killed both teams at the end of the game, realistically. Um, kick, re kick return meters, 248, 209. I thought there'd be a few more, actually, from these two fullbacks, but uh, not to be. 11 offloads to 10. Um, what have I got there? Four, four force dropouts to zero. A 40-20 from both teams, which were pivotal at um, both yeah, times both when they were much. kicked. They were big, um, big moments in the game. 311 tackles played, 367. One error to 11. Three penalties conceded by Penrith, two by the Brisbane side, and one ruck infringement against the Brisbane side. have to give Adam G a massive wrap. I thought the way he controlled this game, let a bit of stuff go, which... I was going to say, it's, it was, it's, it's an interesting game to watch because for the first 25 minutes, there was a they ton of shit that They were pushing their boundaries, weren't they? That, um, <laughs> week in, week out. Absolutely. Um, but once... You get past that and watch it. The, this probably it ends was up one of the better referees. Twelve Who'd penalties to fifteen a, or something. If and especially game. on the piggyback penalties, because yeah. there would have been in the first fifteen minutes, there would have been so many times there would have been a piggyback out. 100%. And uh, there should actually be. A, it, it made me think there should be a direct. And I know because I follow the team that gives away the most of them. Um, <laughs> there should be a directive on just say put the whistle away in the opposition twenty, unless yeah. it's bad. Like let them make them work back out, because yep. so many piggyback penalties ruin. Ruin games of rugby league, I think. You didn't see too much real um, obvious foul stuff, like with big head highs, or hmm. um, I did see no. a lot of forearms being placed across players' faces yeah. on the in the in the and tackle. And there was a clear. There, there was um, it was just before half time. There was a, uh, I think it was Mitch Kenny that was just laying in the play of the ball, and it's like every day of the week at six again, he didn't blow it, but yep. like you're picking at straws. But but it's oh, um, who am I to criticise a referee? Not you know. They really let the game play out the way that it um, that we all managed to watch, um, and it just added to the theatre at the back end of this game. With the last fifteen minutes, it was last man standing realistically, and there wasn't many of them that were still going, no. <laughs> going in the last ten or fifteen minutes of this game. Um, that's about it for the for the stats. There was tries to Penrith in the seventeenth minute through uh, Mitch Mitch Kenny, uh, Flegler in the 38th, Mam in the 44th, 52nd and 54th minute. And I'm pretty sure on the 55th minute, we all got the text on the group text saying, they're gone, they're done, <laughs> stick a fork in them, Penrith have gone here. But, I um, am the greatest thrower <laughs> of all time. There was always a bit of, of a... Of I, I still was thinking with 20 minutes to go that, that the fatigue had to get to Brisbane at some point. And obviously it did with... Uh, Tries at the, the back end of this game to Leota in the 62nd minute, Crichton in the 67th, and Cleary with three and a half minutes to go in the 76th minute of the game. It was so, Starting in the first half, I, I had a feeling that given the... Uh, and you mentioned Brisbane's completion rate ended up at about 70% or something. Mm -hmm. They were, what, one from 10 It was poor to first, start this game. In the first half. Yeah. And the amount of ball Penrith had, and the amount of possession Penrith had, to only have eight points from... Yeah, I was yeah, from two fuck ups. Hundred percent. It was like this is Penrith are not with us here. I like, was really, yeah, I was really and then, concerned and then coming into half time. It felt like, and you see yourself in rugby league. It felt like if Brisbane get something going their way, mm -hmm. and if Brisbane can either go to half time eight nil even, let alone eight six, which they got the flag try at the end. Yep. It was um, Brisbane would have gone into half time like we cannot play worse, and we're down by two here. Well, that first twenty five minutes, I. 
I was expecting Penrith to be up by 16 to 20 points. They should have been, yeah. And I really thought that they should have. The moment Flegler crashed over, I was um, I was completely, I was extremely concerned for the Penrith side. I thought this, I thought that was it. I this could be a, it, yeah. a massive problem here, depending on how um, Brisbane start the second half, and they come out roaring out of the gates in that second half. Their forwards were just, they had Penrith on the back foot for that 15, 20 minute period, and it showed on the scoreboard like they, they were just trucking through the middle of the field. Penrith looked out, as you mentioned, looked completely gone, out on their feet. Um, couple of interchanges there with Leota Fisher-Harris coming back on really did spark the momentum and Penrith managed to wrestle back that massive job to wrestle back that middle of the field. I don't know how they did it, to be honest, but they managed to find a way. Um, Some of those physical runs, especially from Leota with the the one-two and then Fisher-Harris coming back through and um, the likes of Carrigan and... Well, just um, I was going to say, just before that, what sort of started to wane um, a little bit. But what got Brisbane going with Haas and Carrigan doing that yes, to them, and, and it was the, the, yeah. that classic double team, and they really started offloading, and the offload started bringing, drawing that fatigue out of Penrith, yep. uh, and you, th- you thought, here it is, uh, this is the machines up and going. But, um, um, as as I mentioned in the preview, I think that those extended minutes sort of dulled the uh, the intensity. From and I believe both teams only used two interchanges in that in first, first half. half yeah. yeah. And it sort of dulled the um, the intensity from the Broncos, especially towards the back end of this game. And you just saw blokes, like the likes of Capewell and and Carrigan, like doing everything they can to make cover tackles, but just not getting there. Whereas other days they get there and they make that tackle. Um, yeah, Brisbane's errors in the first half, they should have been completely dominated in that first half. I mentioned that um, some of the tries, Ezra Mam, the way he just split Lindsay Smith and then palms off Targo for the first try, and then he does it twice, two more times. Turned um, Isaiah Yo inside out. Mm-hmm. I think everyone was blaming um, Cleary for that second one, but he, he just did everything he could to try and grab the ankles and missed. Like yeah. it, was, it was Yo that got turned inside out, but then the third one, it was Cleary who got turned inside out, charging out of the line and just got completely beaten, and that left Yo diving at the ankles trying yeah. to make tackles. But um, just the way that uh, yeah, Walsh and Ezra Mam was all down that left-hand corridor, just on the outside of Cleary and Yo, and yeah, they, they caused so many problems there for that 15 minutes, and they looked a million bucks. Given how fatigued they were, I thought it, it felt like Reese Walsh was just about to get going. It felt like now they're tied, he'll start, um, he'll really start putting a foot down, and there's more to come. And he did for that last. He made a couple assist, of half but breaks, but he never really, they did a good job of um, really keeping out of the yeah, game. He made probably two or three half breaks in that last twenty minute period where they were searching for that last try, but Penrith just managed to regain that composure and. Make that second, you know, that second effort, and, and stop him from getting the, the full way through the line. Um, and then, yeah, it was <laughs> once um, once the forwards got him back on the front foot, and then they started to dominate field position. It was all the Cleary show. Um, I think Cogger added to it a little bit. I, I was just saying this off um, to Big Mick in there, off here, because he turned, he said that he said that Cogger actually changed the game mm. coming on. And I think Played a lot more direct. Been lost um, a little bit, but the best thing that's happened to Penrith for the last two weeks, um, I don't think he is. Luai coming off. Is Luai coming off the field? <laughs> they looked. They went to another level both times. Well, Cogger started digging into the line, which obviously is not a, a big trade of Luai. Yeah. Uh, and then it got it got Cleary wider. He started playing five eight realistically, yep. and that's where he started breaking holes out near on the edges there. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, he left Paul Capewell completely stood still for the for the first one. He went through and then put Leota back on the inside. Um, 
Capewell had a pretty rough last 15 to 20 minutes yeah. of this game, to be honest. Um, he, he got belted a couple of times running the ball. He dropped one or two. Missed a couple of tackles as well, which really didn't help. But, um, yeah, that little dummy and then push past Capewell. The repeats, repeat sets from Critter were massive at the back end of this game. To me, it looked like when they were still, it was, what, uh, two tries to four at this point, and they were searching for answers, and their answer was get the ball to Critter as early as possible mm. and see what he can do. And he, he pushed, brushed past a few people, caused um, set up a, a long break down the left-hand side for Taruva, and then a couple of really nice um, weighted kicks that just sat up in the end goal and came back straight back to re return sets, um, which were massive. Uh, in field for, from nothing for the field position, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thirty out, one of them was, I'm pretty sure, and it just stopped on the goal line, and they managed to belt Paul Reese Walsh and keep putting back in the he end goal. Like um, he he was struggling at the back. That fatigue caught him at the back end because yeah. he was in slow motion getting 100%. that ball. Um, and yeah, he had a couple of really lovely plays there. Probably scored the try of the, the match Look, where yeah. he was just physically physically dominant and just pushed two or three blokes away. Managed to sort of sit up over the top of Stags and just put the ball down with ease to bring him back within one try. We, if we're uh, – we talked about Dally M's and Daggy M's and whatever else earlier. If we're going to pick our team of the year, mm -hmm. this year Crichton would be first pick centre for me. Uh, I think so, yeah. Well, especially with the Val suspension uh, – the injury towards the back end of the yeah. year where he missed a couple but of games. He was, but um, he was – he had a well, – I would almost go as far as say his, his best year. Mm. Um, and we will talk about – Obviously, we've got plenty of talking to do because we head to next season and what's going to change. But yeah. um, he was phenomenal this year, like really good. And uh, the forty and, twenty and, yeah. came just before the Critter really started yeah. to get involved as well. That was a massive swing because they just scored very, very next set. They're around, you know, obviously on their own forty. They're back down Brisbane's end. Yeah, and then it was I think two repeat sets and a try in the next five ten minutes. It was just um. Yeah, really well orchestrated there. And at the end, it was just fatigue. Cleary with the step back inside, um, just left Reynolds for absolute dead, did the same to Billy Walters, and then you had Ricky and Carrigan diving at his feet and just couldn't stop him. Scores underneath the post and adds his name to one of the best halfbacks we've seen run around well, on a footy field. For him to produce that, that last 20 minutes, and that was him essentially grabbing him by the collar, hoist him on the shoulder, onto his shoulder to say, boys. we're going to win this game. I, that was, and I know, he, as you mentioned earlier, he, he missed a tackle and he defence was, and his, his attack in the first half wasn't particularly great, to be honest, but no. that last 20 minutes, to drag him like that, I have not seen, the only one I can think of, and I've only, you know, I'm, you know, late 30s, one so of his I'm biggest not fans. Around, but I, no, 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 I'm, I think he's a fantastic player, um, and something you mentioned earlier, I'll get back to soon, but... I can't think of too many halves capable of doing that single-handedly in a grand final. Yeah. Only Brad Fittler at his best, I would say. I wouldn't even say. People are going to say Andrew Johnson, fuck off. Um, Brad Fittler at his best, maybe Jonathan Thurston. Yeah. And they're the only two in, in the 30, you know, 30 years I've been watching rugby league. Let's say. With their running game of physicality, more so Brad Fittler. But, yeah, some of the... Well, I used to obviously, Thurston was more of a kicking and passing option. I used to go to two, three games option. a week because I had the footy pass for school. And when he was at Roosters in that early 2000s, he, he would dead set 20 to go. He would just say, oh, we'll win the game now. Yeah. Right foot step, palm, bang. Next minute, he's kicked a 40-metre field goal. Next minute, there's a 40-20 and Craig Wynn scores. You know, like, it, yeah. he's just... That's, he's the only one I can put in that level. 
And he's not, you know. Both teams brought absolutely everything to this game. It was physical from the word go. The first 20 minutes was coming through the TV. Like, you yeah. could hear the blokes getting whacked. You could hear the air, yeah, com air um, coming out of them. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic in that first. Um, Mitch first. Kenny was fantastic yeah. in that first 20 minutes. He was putting shots on blokes left, right and centre. You throw Liam Martin in there with his defence. Wasn't as impactful with his running game in this game as he has been previously, but his defence was fantastic. Um, yeah, both both props from both teams were tremendous. Uh, you throw in the likes of Carrigan. Yo worked his backside into the ground as per usual and, get, and got himself knocked out with 20 to go and came back on for the last five or whatever it was. But the fact that that last 20 minutes, they had the likes of... Um, who, who was off the field? It was Luai, Joe was off the field. Luo was off the field. Um, Joe got cleared, I think. And there was uh, another one of their backs. Sorensen went Tango down with got, a HIA, I think. Tango either got hooked or injured. Yeah. Because they had um, Garner out there. Yeah, it's, Targo got injured. Sorensen went off with a HIA. Like, they had a rotation of four blokes that yeah. they had to cover in that f last 20 minutes and still managed to put it back to Brisbane. Um, the determined defence, especially from Brisbane in that first half an hour, as I said, they, they probably saved three tries that Penrith should have scored in that first it, half an hour. 15 other teams in this comp, if Penrith have 90% possession in for half an hour, they're chasing 26 points. 100%. The speed of the play of the ball was ridiculous. Um, the minutes that the forwards played, uh, I thought far I think, I think that's a little, not so much an indictment, but the difference in the Penrith bench, the trust in Len, like yeah, yeah. Lenny was going to change the game when he everyone knew Lenny was going to change the game when he came on uh, had some massive charges as well Lindy Smith had a rough night but they had that trust in him whereas yeah. I think uh, they didn't necessarily have the same from Hetherington and Pierre Curry yeah. uh, they, they, they were there for they, they're basically there to give the others a rest and yeah, whereas yeah, Penrith interchange and it's a big thing uh, and they get Fletcher Bacon let them have that year, bit more impact yeah, they, they so. um, that impact off the bench can't be underestimated in a fatigue based game yeah, I thought um, Farnworth and Reynolds were very good. Um, Ricky and Palacia were decent without being great. Walsh, um, Walsh was brilliant. He was in sort of everything. Uh, Carrigan was great as well. Flegler, Hass and Mann were my three best players for the Brisbane side, and I thought those three were absolutely brilliant, and you wouldn't get much better performance out of two front well, rowers. Half time, we're trying eight. to work out if the game ended then, who's your Clive Churchill? Mm. And uh, I was making the case for... It should Brisbane had a one, it'd be Flegler or Carrigan, given the amount of work they did through there. Because um, I wasn't particularly impressed by Penrith's attack at that stage. And then all of a sudden, you know, 15 minutes later, it's obviously Ezra Mam. And yeah. then 20 and minutes later, Hass's it was like, impact was massive in Hass's, that second yeah. half as well. Um, I thought Edwards and Yo were very busy, worked very hard, were good. Um, Martin and Leota had very good games. Um, Leota more so with the ball in hand and Martin more so in, in the, on the defensive side of things, but they, they were very good. Fisher-Harris and Crichton were great. They, they had a big part to play in, in this win. But it was clear, yeah, as we all mentioned, everyone has. You're going to hear about it from here until the blokes retired from playing. <laughs> I would imagine this, uh, this will probably be that pin-up game that whenever his highlights come out, you'll be seeing the last 20 minutes of this grand final. And yeah, he was. You know, after thirty years of match. seeing the fucking nineteen ninety seven last try, every <laughs> every chance I get at nauseum, at least I get to see something different for the next twenty. So that's a nice change. Yeah, so I had clear with three. You have I don't to, think do we even need to tell this up. Nathan Cleary is going to be our player of the two. finals. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Ezra Mam two, and I would give Flegler or Leota one, probably Leota. 
Or crime. I, I had fish and hass in there as well, but, yeah. <laughs> but probably Flegler. For him, like for him to break out as now has made the Australian team. Yeah, this is his first full, consistently strong year, and for him to have a performance like that in the grand final. Yeah, I, I think Flegler. their first try gets the one, but and we may as well declare it now. We don't need this tell it up. I think Nathan Cleary will be the player of the finals. Um, congratulations to him on uh, <laughs> whatever that's worth on yeah. the. Incredible effort he's produced the last... Well, since he's come back from that injury, he's been top shelf. Yeah, Something you mentioned earlier. Any last thoughts on the game itself before we throw out a few little things, Jim? No, not particularly. I was I was really impressed with the speed of the play of the ball and just how long that these guys went before the fatigue really hit. Yeah. Um, both sides. Uh, tremendous performance for Brisbane. <coughs> they choked a little bit, didn't they? I think... I think they probably could I have dominated choked. field position well, a little bit they'll more. They'll sit there and Adam Rose will still be kicking himself, giving up eight points. Mm, and for them to even go to short drop-off again yes. in the second half, I thought was a bit baffling. And I think they they really just went through the motions a little bit. As soon as that third try was scored, yeah. rather than really trying to pin them down and up the intensity and try to be real physical with Penrith, they just sort of sat on the back foot a little bit, which really let... Penrith get the roll through the middle of the field. Well, oh, part of me thinks they were just cooked. Yeah, they they're probably were. were. They're just, they're <laughs> if they could have just shit. lifted that for maybe five or ten minutes, yeah, I reckon yeah. they'd probably win. And and, and like I said, like, given the fact they lost by two and gave away Because that's when all your energy's up anyway. You yeah. know, you've just scored. You're now, what, 16 in front. Yeah. Like, just really the next five, ten minutes, just really knuckle down and try to put some shots on these blokes. But Absolutely. I, I, I don't want to say they choked, but I think they gassed. Um but maybe they did. Uh, they did feel particular. It, it felt inevitable. I reckon after Reynolds' that, kicking game seemed to get uh, very lost at after, the back end of the game. Yeah, for I reckon after the second to last try, it was inevitable to me. Penrith's going to win his game. Like well, it, yeah, that, as soon as the Leota scored, it yeah, just, was there it. was there's just like a, a feeling like the yeah, this is going to be messy. The tsunamis arrived. Yeah. They're fucked. Um, they and a, we should mention a sold out crowd and everything else was um, fantastic around that. Um, you mentioned something you'll just before I forget about Cleary played like a 5'8". I know we live in a world where Cameron Munster's a thing, but could you imagine him him playing in six for Australia outside DCE would be something else? Absolutely it would. Something else. And he, he could just take the piss. He, wouldn't, he, have had, to, he, wouldn't, he yeah. wouldn't have to think too much because DCE's going to do all the thinking. Well, he's not going to have to play the long-kicking game because DCE's no. going to do 90% of that. That's right. Unless he's the second option kicker. Yeah. He could re- he could revert back to his precision uh, out kicks for his outside backs and that floating bomb and yeah. just his running game. Just like run. His running game is as strong as any half yeah. in the comp. He essentially is an old... He's, he's a 10-year-old... Uh, 10 years ago, he's a 5'8". Because like, they just don't seem to be able... Nobody seems to be able to put a shot on him. And no. even if he does, he just bounces back up anyway. Yeah. But he's got the step and his palms as strong as any half going around. He, he just seems to break tackles better than most. On, um, the, on, the, on the back end of the, la- the last three months of this season, and it'll never happen because that's not how the mouth thinks, but you could name DC7 mm-hmm. on form and Cleary at six. Absolutely. And, and justify it, I think. <coughs> yeah. But, yeah. Is also a Queenslander, I suppose, <laughs> and he doesn't play that position full time. So yeah, that's right. So you know, if you had to, and if Munster got injured or pulled out, it's an easy, easy decision. But uh, that's just something I thought of. Uh, the, the, in terms of next year, they say you need to win one to lose one. Is Brisbane? Is it Brisbane next year, or is there? You know, they, they lose Herbie, they mm. lose Flegler. Cable's, Reynolds is now a year older. Cable's Cable. another year older. It was yeah. this the, the shot in the chamber. Flegler's a big one for mine. Um, 
that because he's that extra string to that yeah. one-two punch. And they're punch. only getting um, Fletcher. And they used Baker. him for big parts of the year as a direct swap for Haas. Yeah. And then they started playing them together. But at the start of the year, it was Carrigan and Haas starting and then Flegler coming on yeah. as that third string to keep it going through the middle yeah, of the field. because Jensen was playing those big minutes. Mm. The so one, yeah. Yeah, there's some question marks in the likes of these young outside backs. If they could, if they can lift to another level, yeah, they can go again. Like the likes of your Paliasias, uh, Piacuras and those types. Jesse Arthur stamped him. So actually, we didn't mention him. He had a, he had a great he was game. Brilliant. He dragged their ass out of trouble. <laughs> he was, he was making, the best player. Actually, he was the best player in the first half. There was half. about 20 minutes oh, there where he was just breaking tackles for fun. Yeah. Like they just could not seem but to get hold of you, him. You could comfortably move him into the centre position. You would think so, uh, yeah. Or I hear Cobbo wants He's to move into the centre position. Yeah. Like Cobbo good under the one of them went up in the centres. You've got um, Dean Dean Mariner. Who's the other wing they've got? Young they wing. do have Dean Mariner there. And, and they've got Oates as well. But, you know, Oates is close to the end than the start. Um, but the, there'd be another kid there somewhere. There'd be someone else. Sure. Oh, Tristan Saylor. He goes real good. <laughs> yeah, he goes real good. Yeah, Cobo sure. in the centres could be a scary thing, to be honest. But he had one of his um, one of the games. I was a bit worried about him, and I mentioned him and Cape Wool earlier in in our preview that they had errors in them. And yeah, there was a couple there that yeah. really didn't help their side. So actually, I think if, if they're going to win a comp next year, I'll not be one for my bold prediction. I'll go. Rec- I think they need to treat Tristan Saylor as, as a Jaden Campbell. Mm-hmm. And get him into the seventeen because yep. they need that that last little push over the edge, yep. especially losing her. Herbie is an X factor, and he's a he's a bit of more of a physical presence than Walsh. You leave Walsh out the back doing what he's been yeah. doing all season, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him in and around the halves there, even yeah. I, even as that fourteen that comes on and plays a bit of yeah thirteen, bit of but who knows, bit of six, as, bit of seven. We won't see you next year. Say as Ramam's the best half in the game. He might. He might. Wouldn't surprise me if yeah, only, that's, we end up with 20. Tristan Saylor and Ezra Mam in the halves once Reynolds does move on. Yeah. But work to be done around that, but it's it potentially exciting. Uh, and Penrith. I think they'll still be there and thereabouts for the next couple of years, oh, but yeah, I'm yeah, not but sure if they go straight back to a grand final well, I again don't think, next year. I think they're losing a couple of cogs that could have won them a couple. Might take them another 18 months or so to get back into that position, I think. But we're also in a world which next is can Penrith go four in a row? And, and we say it yeah. every year, but now they're losing, again, losing Crichton, mm-hmm. who's been their top three players all year. Absolutely. Glennie, who is the guy that drags him out of these situations. All of a sudden, Penrith's bench looks a lot like Brisbane's if you take Spencer Lenu off it. Uh, and and Sonny Luke never grew into whoever he was going to be. Uh, no. They're losing Jack Cogger. Uh, they're getting the ex-Canberra player. Name just escapes me, but are they? And obviously, Schneider. they're gonna they're gonna be so they're, they're not going backwards as such. But are they gonna capable of winning four in a row? Or is there a is this a little bit of a blip for both of them? Yeah, they really need um, yeah probably another two two forwards to come into that rotation just to keep that intensity up when you do shift away from Leota and uh, Fisher Harris in the middle of the field. Another backup for Kenny would be handy. Um, although he's proved himself and as being fantastic in defence. And they've got Riley Smith and they've got the other, uh, Summerton? Yes, Summerton? Luke yeah. Summerton. I don't think they're outside backs. I don't think they've got any issues in their outside backs. Or Taruvan might you end up. I don't see know if centres or... May will come back. Um, may. Uh, oh, of course. Whether he's, he's a centre or... If, whether he plays centre um, or plays... McLean's there and there On the wing, yeah, McLean's yeah. there as well. Um, I think played a bit of time in the centres and halves as well as someone who might be able to provide a bit of utility. Uh, in the coming years, but um, yeah, it's and Paul, it's Paul Alamote and I suppose Dane Laurie will cover find a spot somewhere, to, yeah. Paul. But um, 
The biggest question marks for mine for the entire comp is the forward packs. Like, you look down, the best three ended up in the top four. Yeah. Melbourne have question marks around their forwards, but they somehow managed to end up still running third. And then, it, like... But people laugh at me. You look at the Sharks, the you look tig- at the Knights. The Tigers forward pack full strength with a full preseason should be a top eight yeah. forward pack. Yeah. I'm not saying a top eight team, but... There's no connective but tissue in between them and the outside That's for packs. next year, but <laughs> none of them had a preseason, so yeah. you live in hope that... That, but in terms of in a game where you're going to get and piggyback penalties cripples that a lot, but yeah. um, on paper you say they're probably the fourth or fifth best forward pack. That, that, to your point, Newcastle are losing Fitzgibbon, uh, Sharks are losing Graham. Um, Roosters question are losing, marks around um, some of their big guys Roosters that were there anyway Baker through injuries. And, uh, Roosters will be pretty close next year actually. Mm. Roosters will be next best, um, but interesting one. But um, in, in a season where next year's not a not a lot changes in terms of rosters. Paris pack's pretty good, but there's always been question marks around yeah. South's forward pack. Um, the you, further you pa- go down pa- the Parry list, Barry, you get a full season of Lane and um, Paulo and Paulo um, and Madison RCG. and RCG. They're yeah. going to they should be able they to should improve, but but that's an issue. But I, I could just I feel like both are slightly weaker next year, but no one's stronger right now. So <laughs> big big um, big things to play out. In the, the in a lot of, yeah, a lot of after November one in, yeah. into February, February March before we kick off I think, again next um, year. I think if I haven't looked, but if if Tab are putting a market up, I assume Brisbane favourites at three for four bucks and Penrith four fifty or something. But um, yeah, yeah and or I'll switch them around right. either way. Either they either might put either either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of RIP, better who got absolutely cleaned out <laughs> from the hundred one Penrith. Um, Apparently, I haven't seen much news about it since, but apparently it was um, the biggest hit just about in um, for some of these corporates in sporting history. Yeah, pre- winning the comp. Pretty sure there was a message going out going, oh, we'll pay you, but it might take a week and a half, two weeks <laughs> before exactly. you get paid. Uh, so they're off uh, making some loans. Oh, yeah, Penrith are $4, Brisbane four fifty, South $9, Roosters 10 That's yeah. South's a, a stupid price, but the, I'd agree with the rest of that. Melbourne 11 North Queensland 17 Warriors nineteen dollars and they're getting RTS. If I was going, if I was going, if I had to have a bet right keep now, this for the, keep anyway, this for next week. Right. Uh, uh, that has been our review. Anything else you want to mention? Not, not on the been our review way. of probably the best grand, well, the best grand final we've both seen, and uh, we'll be back to get stuck into the bottom half of the top eight. Are we done? Are we crack it into six of them. We'll work it out as we go. We'll work it out. See we have for time. We're going to get into season reviews. Uh, and if you are listening this, within the next week or two, we're going to be doing our bold prediction show. So leave in your comments below your bold prediction for next season. So it can be that RTS is going to come back and win a Daly M. It Daly can M, be. Yeah. Uh, superstars. Some kid that might be a superstar. Some bloke who was a superstar that's going to fall off the radar. Yeah, we want to hear. Someone who might get sacked. We don't want well, Brisbane and Penrith will play the grand final next year. <laughs> I want something wacky. On, uh, and Adam G referees a, the next five grand finals. can be something like that. Uh, so write in, let us know your boldest predictions for 2024, uh, and we'll be getting stuck into that show next week. We'll be back shortly to review the bottom eight, uh, bottom half of the top eight. <laughs> See you guys. See ya.